<laughs> you know what? Let, let's take a look at this uh, photo that we have here, and uh, maybe this will help explain things. All right. Yeah, one of these Durans is, quote-unquote, too young. <laughs> company. By the way, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. <laughs> All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice. <laughs> so much as my uh, wife was a giant... But um, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the Reeves Company. Well, crack open a temp at Genesee, watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's the Rees Company. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. Chris, how are you? I'm good. And Steve, you say crack open a temp at Genesee, but uh, I wanted to introduce you to something that I've been enjoying the last few weeks. Um, it's a beer made by the Conchhawken Brewing Company, a local brewery here. And I've been enjoying all the different beers that they make, so I brought two of us Two of them for us to enjoy here tonight. So we're going to... Okay, now this beer is called Ivan's. Ivan's is... Um, I'm not sure. See, now I'm confused. Ivan is the surname of this person? Because the apostrophe is at the end. So I assume it's Ivan's is famous spiced ale. So uh, let's check this out. And if you notice, if you're familiar with the, the Sweetzels Company, which I believe is also regional... Okay. They make uh, ginger snaps yeah. in this design. So, And they use those cookies to make the beer mash that makes this beer. They okay, so uh, actual cookies in it. Let's check this out. Let's find out together how this tastes. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah, delicious. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you, Concha Hawk and Brewing Company. So uh, this week, very excited, we have a new Iron City J video. Great. A.K.A. Ralph Williams. Ralph Williams, yes. That I think Pittsburgh's is Forgotten Son. Yes, and we'll find out additionally why he's Pittsburgh's Forgotten Son. Right. <laughs> and we also have our movie of the week of the week, which uh, we didn't do last time, Chris. Well, we did do it. Oh, no, you're saying last show. We, yeah, 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 we didn't do a movie of the week of the week. We focused on Ralph Williams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, this time, our movie of the week of the week again Features uh, a pre-fame film star that was not yet. He, he had not reached that status. Um, so, just so everyone's clear, we, we reviewed this film six weeks ago, I guess it was. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the footage got deleted or lost somehow. So, we're attempting to do this for a second time with uh, not so good of a memory of what we watched. That Little memory of the film we uh, reviewed that week. Uh, but so, we do have the notes and the clips. Yeah. And we'll see if we can make this as entertaining as it was. And on the night, it was fantastic. So you say pre-fame Keanu. I don't remember what year this came out. Or 1986. Uh, I can give the information. Okay. As a, but let's hit the intro first. Okay. 
This week's movie of the week of the week is Under the Influence. It aired on September 28th, 1986 on CBS. It stars Andy Griffith. Mm -hmm. Interesting time in his life and career. Just five days after the premiere of Matlock as a series on NBC. Wow. Now, there there was a two-hour pilot that aired during the spring. Okay. But, uh, yeah, five days after Matlock debuted as a series. And also, as you heard, Keanu Reeves, megastar. And he had done several cinematic films by this point, but he was still three years away from his star-making role as Ted Theodore Logan in the Bill and Ted franchise. Right. And the actor we're going to see first, uh, Paul Provenza. He's a stand-up comic who was everywhere in the 80s, Chris. You remember this guy? You know, I I didn't remember him. And the first clip we're going to see is him doing stand-up. And my reaction was... One, this is terrible. And two, I wonder if this was his actual act. So I had to go look up like a couple of his Johnny Carson appearances mm. and figure out if this was his actual material. And I've come to the conclusion it is, it is not. This is something that the person who wrote the screenplay wrote as, you know, a stand-up that would fold into what's going on in the movie. Right, and I think that's why this material is terrible because it was written by somebody who had not done stand-up. Yeah, and uh, by all accounts, I mean Paul Provenza. I mean, uh, for his time, uh, great stand-up. He was one of the uh, the titans of the '80s as okay. far as uh, the road comics who uh, got things done. Okay. Great reputation. Did he have much of an acting resume other than this? He did. Uh, I think maybe the same year or the year after, he ended up with a sitcom on one of the networks called oh, wow. "The Pursuit of Happiness," where I believe he was um, a law student or mm. a or a young lawyer. That sound like I don't think I ever saw it, but that uh, that name sounds familiar. So yeah, was, did it last for like a while? Maybe or? a season. Okay, okay. All right. Well, we mentioned that the first scene is stand up. So um, this this scene kind of is the framework of the movie. Like they come back to him doing stand up at various points in the film, and he's kind of it. It all ties into what's going on in the rest of the movie. And as you said before, it kind of reminds you of Seinfeld, how it's uh, stand up is worked into. When you say I said that before, you mean two months ago? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Because I don't recall saying that tonight. You didn't say it tonight. Okay. But uh, you did right. point out that uh, it's kind of Seinfeld because uh, the way <clears throat> the way we see it, the way we first see the Paul Provenza character, he's doing stand up. Yeah. Much like we would see Jerry Seinfeld at the beginning of the show doing stand up. Yeah, I, I yeah I got it. Yeah, well, I I got it because I I said it, but um. This is a short clip. Let's yeah, see. let's take a look. Take a look. I like living in L.A. It's a great town. It's a town where the men are men and the women are women, except on weekends when it's pretty much anybody's case. Now, I've met some very strange people here. You have to admit, they're out here. Okay? I went out with a girl the other night who said she lived in L.A. her entire life and still wasn't sure how to spell it. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not terrible. It's not unfunny. It does come off as a little bit hack. Um, but then I guess maybe a lot of jokes from the 80s would, you know, just because they're old and well-worn. Right. 
But, um, yeah, the rest of it, I mean, it's not. I think that was probably the best joke, and that's why that's the clip. So I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he does go on, and he becomes one of these confessional comedians. The longer that, uh, and I think that scene may be four minutes long, or maybe less than that. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> he, uh, he, he reveals himself to be one of these confessional comedians. Yeah, and it, so a lot of, like, what you're saying is, like, a lot of, Self-divulging a lot about himself. Yeah, family stuff, family about his stuff. father. Right. And, and this really sets up the movie because we this is the first of four children that Matlock, Andy Griffith, has in this movie. And, and so we're meeting the first child here, I guess the oldest. Um, and then the next scene we see, we meet the, the second child of Andy Griffith. So uh, let, let's take a look at that. This truck smells like cheap perfume. You and your floozies. Where you been? On the drunk tank. You watch your mouth. I've never been in a drunk tank. Not ever. Car I ran into was illegally parked. I would sue him. For what? Fix it or get rid of it. Yeah. So that's that's Andy uh, Andy Griffith being picked up after he was arrested on DUI, but not charged. Right. He's friends with the police chief or something, and they just kind of let him go. You get the feeling that this happens not... It's happened more than once, I guess. It's a regular occurrence in this household. Right. Um, and then uh, we see... The next scene, we meet the third child of this family, and uh, we, we learn uh, she has an interesting perspective on things. We'll just say that. Andy, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How dare you insinuate my father should be locked up like this, some kind of common criminal? Well, drunk driving is a crime. Well, everyone knows those breath tests are wrong half the time. He probably just had a couple of beers down at the Elks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I... I think I had a joke here <laughs> last time we did this. But I don't... <clears throat> I don't remember, but I do know that a uh, man she's talking to is her husband. Right. And he has had enough of the shenanigans that go on with his in-laws. Yeah, but then we also learn that he's also jealous of his own wife because she's a successful career woman, and he wants her to uh, stay home and make babies. I don't know. Is that jealousy or just I don't even know what that is. But uh, that's what he wants out of this relationship, and it's not what she wants. It's a difference of opinion. Yeah. Okay, so um, now we want to go back. Uh, these clips are indeed out of chronological order, Jim. Okay, so... Uh, I, I believe what I said was... Uh, yeah, she... How come they can make a movie where they uh, say that those drunk diving tests are inaccurate, but when I say it in court, I got charged with contempt. <laughs> I, I may have... That may have been a joke I used for something else completely. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. This is where this is why uh, it's not great that we're redoing this. But what are you going to do? Well, okay. Now we we no. have plenty of Ralph Williams content. Oh yeah, yeah. So you'll, there's you'll, reason to stick around. You'll enjoy this. Uh, so next, we meet the loving yet enabling wife of Andy Griffith, just uh, sprung from the drunk tank. You no, know, this reminds me of. <laughs> When the kids were little and you were still playing softball, yeah. you would come home with every muscle just aching. Yeah. Boy. You know, the Elks haven't, haven't won a championship since I quit. Mm -hmm. What a team we used to be. Scrappers, all of us. 
I'd rub you all over with liniment. Yeah. I'd make the kids be quiet while you took a nap. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the chances you used to take <laughs> sliding in the base face first. <laughs> I couldn't look. Yeah. You know what? You worry about me too much. Oh. And when haven't you liked it? Yeah. What's saying, Angel Face? <laughs> so there we we see that um, you know obviously he has his faults, but at the same time he has a good relationship with his wife. Um, maybe maybe you know okay, a guy the guy drinks too much every now and then. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know maybe he can still have good relationships and all that. But then in the next clip we see not so much. Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, she's special, isn't she? Terry is a truly gifted artist, which is why she's been offered the scholarship to oh, Mass wait, Art. Uh, I know how excited you and Mrs. Talbot must be. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up here. What are you talking about? What just happened? Terry's been offered a full scholarship to study art at the Massachusetts Institute of Art. She's extraordinarily talented. But then you already know that. Well, if, if you're talking about drawing, she's always done that. Used to scribble all over my ledgers. Well, Mass Art thinks the world of her scribbles and her sculpture. Well, a scholarship is great, but art? How would she make a living? A number of people here tonight have asked if Terry sells her work. Then a degree in art would give her many options. She could even teach. Teach? Terry's too bright to drag along on a teacher's salary. Daddy. Terry's already enrolled at State U. She'll study accounting. She'll go in business with me as my partner. But I would have done the Mr. same Talbot, thing for her brothers, but one's a dummy, one took off. She's made up her mind, so don't go stuffing any dumb ideas Mr. in her Talbot. head. Come on, Terry. Yeah, that teacher and protege is uh, Susan Rattan from L.A. Law. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that's the third child. Yeah. And, like I was saying, mm -hmm. like, you know, here we learn he has his own business. He owns, like, a hardware store or something. Yeah. And he has this, you know, still a good relationship with his wife. But, I mean, if you're going to say something like that, you're, you, Matlock is an asshole, right. obviously. Yeah, right. So. Agreed. And, and this, this reminds me of um, a film we did a, a while ago. Um. It was it was a guy it was a guy in college who gets slipped some angel dust or something and, and yeah the the film was called Angel Dusted oh, oh okay yeah <clears throat> and uh, he famously broke open a trophy case yes. yeah <laughs> at at the school but um it, in that I remember thinking well this guy's problem is not his drug addiction it's the fact that he's just a giant asshole <laughs> and we see the same thing with uh, Andy Griffith's character in this movie. Um, alcohol is more uh, a symptom of a personality disorder, I would say. I don't know, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, in the next clip, the inevitable happens.
Nice use of uh, 50 cent blood capsules <laughs> in, that, in that scene. Spearman or fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, <clears throat> he kills over yeah. taking the collection at mass or church or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, we also, <clears throat> before this, we saw him, uh, he, had a, he had a little flask that he was... Uh, you know, getting ready for the service. Yeah, he was he was do, doing show prep. Yeah, <laughs> as we call it. Yeah, as we call it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, now the, the next scene is very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's it's a scene with the the first. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The second child we met. When did it, it's Keanu Reeves? When did we meet? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Met him? He, second child. Yeah. Whenever we met him. Yeah. Um, second. It's him in a bar, and he's hanging out in a bar while they're at church. Does that even make sense? Didn't church usually in the morning? Yeah. Anyway, that well, just occurred to me it, now. It, some bars are open in the morning. Some are, yeah. Might have been midnight mass. Yeah. Maybe this is before a holiday. I'm not a sure. A holy day of obligation. Yeah, I'm not sure now that this makes sense. But anyway, <laughs> he's in a bar. And uh, the, what makes this scene remarkable, Steve, is... They're playing the Bruce Springsteen song, Hungry Heart. Yeah. Which, now we've watched a lot of these TV movies. They do not have the budget for a Springsteen <laughs> song in any of these movies. And, and what we found out was this was just like a personal favor that Bruce Springsteen did because he agreed with the message that they were sending with this movie. Yeah, it probably reminded him of his own upbringing and his relationship with his father. Yeah. And it was an odd choice of the boss on the surface. It was an odd choice by the boss to allow this because just one year prior, he denied the use of his music to the producers of Mask, the Rocky Dennis story. Mm. And that was the story of the kid who had elephantitis, but only of the face. Yeah. Which is... It's got to be the worst kind of local elephantitis. Yeah, that's that's not the one you want. Yeah, you can't go the baggy <laughs> the baggy clothes route. <laughs> but anyway, the real life Rocky Dennis was a huge Springsteen fan, so they wanted to represent that in the film. Yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, the boss turned them down. But uh, well, I can think of one reason. Why is that? Well, Cher was in that movie. Yeah, she's also a major recording artist. Like, why don't you use a Cher song and stop bothering me? <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, let, let's say, we're going to watch the scene in the bar where he listens to the song, right? We are, but we can't we can't play the song because yeah. of the platform that we're on. But we do have subtitles so you can see the lyrics. By the way, I like how it says. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's appropriate. <laughs> you like how it says what? Hungry Heart by Bruce Springsteen. Now, if you're deaf, yeah. what's the frame of reference? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not deaf, and I watch everything with subtitles because uh, it's just easier for me. So Now, this is a good scene even... If you know the song, you can you can kind of play along in your head, you know? Right, right. And this is still cool to me. Now, this is an example of how the Keanu character is uh, f kind of following in his father's footsteps, you know? Like, they're they're playing this as this, him being, like, sort of out of control or something. But, Steve, I can, all in all honesty, tell you that this scene is exactly how I spent last night. Ooh. So... I don't know what that says about me or or whatever, but 
it made me think it's like he's this is a guy having a great time. I yeah, was, he is enjoying himself. I don't see any any problem here at all. But I don't know until the bad news comes around, and he is he is uh, informed that yeah. his father has been uh, rushed to hospital. Yeah, and his father is diagnosed with uh, how do you say it sclerosis. Uh, cirrhosis? Cirrhosis, that's what it is. Those right. are different things. There are two diseases, uh, but I believe it is <laughs> cirrhosis of the liver. I think you're thinking of psoriasis. No, sclerosis. Oh. Can, uh, so what does he have? Uh, cirrhosis. And what's the other thing? Sclerosis is sores. It is a, a, it's a bunch of sores, or multiple sclerosis is a bunch of sores. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, Chris, but I know this much is true, all right? Okay. He has cirrhosis of the liver. Yes, he does. <clears throat> yeah. From heavy drinking. But I think he also had a heart attack. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's been three years since we've watched this movie. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, uh, so next we're going to meet his doctor. And uh, there's a curious criticism of this doctor. <laughs> yeah, they're skeptical of his skills. Yeah. And we'll hear why. Yeah. <clears throat> Present down to the children's home. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I'm can you pause? For a doctor for a second opinion. We're gonna have to go back to where it started, but um, we don't actually meet the doctor in this clip. It's the family talking about him. Right. We'll meet him in the next clip, but yeah, this is them talking about him. Down to the children's home. What are you doing? I'm looking for a doctor for a second opinion. Why? I mean, Duran seemed like a very competent fellow to me. You said yourself he was sharp, didn't you? He's too young. Dad needs someone with more experience. Okay, he's too young. Dad needs someone with more experience. I guess that's a valid criticism. You know, I would be concerned about that too if it were my family member. He may be off base or not. I don't know. But, uh, but let's... This is going to come up again. Yeah. This issue is going to come up again. Let's take another look. All right. It's the latest from Dr. Duran. Garbage. Man talks garbage. He's a kid. <laughs> He's a kid who talks garbage. I'll be home by the Rose Bowl. Duran said that? Tells he know. By the Super Bowl, anyway. Well, you'll be here for Christmas. Uh, not much of a holiday, anyway. He's a kid, Chris. Yeah. All right, well. Too young. What does he know? Yeah. He was our paper boy. I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, I think at some point they mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We well, may have yet to hear that, but uh, let's see. We're about to meet Dr. Duran. Okay. All right. We washed her out. She's going to be okay. What's happening to my family? This is Tyler. Noah may be the drinker in the family, but the disease has affected you all. And it is a disease. It is not a question of morals or, or character. If you please keep an open mind, I'd like to talk to you about family treatment. Can I see my daughter now? Of course. But at some point, we've got to deal with this. I want to see her now. Of course. Maybe we can talk later. She's in room 226. You young doctors think you know everything. 
Gee, I don't know, Steve. He didn't seem that young to me. <laughs> it's almost as if young is code for some other disagreement they have with <laughs> some aspect of this doctor. <laughs> you know what? Let, let's take a look at this uh, photo that we have here, and uh, maybe this will help explain things. All right. Yeah, one of these Durans is, quote-unquote, too young. <laughs> Okay, on the left, we have Dr. Duran Durand from uh, Barbarella. Barbarella, yeah. In the middle, we have uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Duran Duran. Mm. And uh, on the right, we have Dr. Duran. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of these is too young? He definitely <laughs> looks older than all the members of the <laughs> rock band. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows what they're thinking in that family. Ah, who can say? So, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time even last time summarizing this movie because it's pretty, it's a follows a pretty straightforward path of um, the dad getting sick from drinking too much. And he, you know, he's going to die and it's more focused on how that affects the family than, than him, the Matlock character. Right. Yeah. Or the Andy Griffith character. But, uh, but let's, let's see this through to the finish and, uh, and uh, we got two more clips to play, so let's see what's next. It's real nice. And check this out. Our brand new blue neon video sign. That's great. Calls for a celebration. Well? Um, I don't have a bottle on me. First time for everything. I got a great price on the sign from Phil. You know the guy who has the... Go get one. I ain't going anywhere. Come on, Dad. You gotta take it easy for a little while. Get the pipes working again. When you get out of here, we'll go out, tie one on. I need a drink. Get me a drink, damn it. No. I can't. Then what good are you, Eddie? Dad. What good are you? Dad, come on. I need a drink, damn it! No! Wait. powerful scene uh when he calls him back you think he's gonna say like i love you you know maybe it's the last time he ever talks to him but no he just wants to drink that's all he cares about in this situation yeah and uh, we got one more clip let's just see how this all ends he uh he broke out of the hospital Come on, wake up. Dad, wake up. Come on, Dad, wake up.
yes. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, we should probably just go right into the ratings, I guess. You want to rate it or do you want to talk about what happens, uh, I think, after the burial? I don't remember. Uh, Keanu uh, gets drunk, and he grabs a gun. Oh. He goes to the grave and shoots an empty bottle when Paul Provenza chases him because he thinks he's going to commit suicide. He thinks he's going to kill himself with a shotgun, but yep. instead he's shooting at the grave. Or, yeah. or shooting the bottle at the grave. But wasn't it both at the same time? The bottle was on the grave. Yes. So it was kind of symbolizing you know, shooting the legacy of yeah. alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah, that's meaningful. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking before the show, even the title Under the Influence is meaningful because that's a euphemism for being intoxicated. But also, you know, the film is really about the influence that the Andy Griffith character had over the whole family. Um, we didn't see much evidence of that in our review, but it, that's what the movie's really about. Yeah. So, so uh, shall we rate it? I don't remember what I rated this last time. Well, how do you feel now, Chris? I I don't know. I, I didn't want, I just saw a couple clips like our audience. So well, that's fair enough. I'm no more qualified than them to rate this at <laughs> this point. Okay, well, I'm going to give it, maybe I'm the sole rater of this film. Okay. I'm going to give it a three out of five Meredith Baxter's uh, poignant, well-acted, and I think um, it, it's interesting to see somebody like um, Matlock, as you call him, mm-hmm. uh, playing, as you said, an asshole. Right. Yeah, I did like that aspect of it. Um. And, yeah, I feel comfortable just abstaining from this one. And then we'll let your review stand. Okay, so uh, can I say you give it three stars as well? No, I'm abstaining. Okay, in that case, then you recuse yourself from the rating process. Right. Okay, fine. Well, thanks so much. Shall we do this? Yeah, please. I I can't wait. We have a new video from Iron City J, a.k.a. Ralph Williams. Now, if you're just finding out about this and our involvement, He's a Pittsburgh local access host and YouTuber we discovered in an old prank call compilation. Yeah. And we've gotten to know him quite well by sifting through his vast archive of content. He does four shows a week. Yeah, yeah. And not, you know, you would say, well, yeah, so does Howard Stern. But no. (laughs) He does four different shows every week. One about wrestling. Yeah. One about sports, focusing on Pittsburgh sports, I guess. And two where he just goes off half-cocked about whatever the hell he feels like talking about. (laughs) And that one is, uh, it's called The Way I See It with Ralph Williams. Now, he's a guy who, on paper, would garner the sympathy of the men with even the hardest of hearts. On paper. Hapless, portly man in a wheelchair just chasing his broadcasting dream. It's not a wheelchair, though. Steve, he can walk. It's a mobility scooter. Yes. Which is not for people who can't walk. It's for people who don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> but consuming any of his content, even though you would otherwise like him, you hear about him and you think, oh, this sounds like a, 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 someone I would take pity on. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone I would like to see do well. But spending five minutes with his content makes him very, very hateable. Yeah. To even the person, even the most charitable heart. Yeah. Your sympathy soon turns to uh, disgust. Yeah. So uh, the latest edition of uh, our favorite incarnation of his various programs, The Way I See It with Ralph Williams, um, he spoke, as usual, about how he's Pittsburgh's forgotten son. Oh. Now, usually he he relates uh, this to... um, 
prominent local figures who refused to do his program yeah. because uh, in his telling, he'll ask the tough questions and they're afraid. Hmm. Again, has nothing to do with his, his, his very low viewership. But this week, he made it about Pittsburgh media and how no TV or radio station will hire him. And we learned the reason he's not an on-air talent at any legitimate, uh, on any legitimate broadcast platform. Now, that sounds like, you might think, Chris, that this means he admitted to not being engaging or having a poor sense of grammar. No, let's hear Ralph's reasoning for this. As you know, and that's one of the reasons why I'm the forgotten son, is because the local networks around here don't want to don't want to talk to me about putting my programs on their sh- on their network, not even on their side networks. Okay, radio stations don't want to talk to me either about putting my show on. The way I see it. That's why I have a TV show there, because I have nowhere else to go. He's talking about public access. But it's great, because I get to present my talent there. PCTV appreciates me. Because you pay them. Yeah. That's why I'm Pittsburgh's forgotten son. Okay? Now I'm hearing stories that not only do you have to deal with the corporate rhetoric to get a job or to put a show on one of them stations because it's all about corporate money now. They still have the old boys gang. I don't mean to interrupt this, Steve. but No, uh, no Chris, anytime, please. There's a lot going on over here. Um, is it just my imagination or does it, does it get darker with every episode? It's, <laughs> it's almost as if he's ashamed of his appearance and is trying to hide it, but... It's, no, I think the lights keep getting turned off. <laughs> I'm surprised you won't hear kind of a, a generator in the background. <laughs> Ralph Williams by candlelight. <laughs> um, but it's just there's just enough light for me to wonder about what he's wearing because it looks to me like he's wearing a suit coat, but buttoned up the suit coat and wrapped a tie around it. What are we? No, no, What's no. What's going see, on? See, I see a checkered dress shirt, a microcheck dress shirt. It looks more like a sport coat that he's no. somehow wrapped a tire on the collar. Who is in media as well? His name I'm not going to mention on his show. Okay. Who told me that, yeah, it's still that way. We still have the old boys gang in Pittsburgh for the media. Okay, pause. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the reason why, can we pause the video? <clears throat> the reason why Ralph Williams is not on something like KDKA radio is because it's an old boys gang Yeah, in charge. They're the gatekeepers of who gets in and who doesn't right. get in to Pittsburgh radio. Yeah, so in other words, they're the people who judge talent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's hear some more. The old boys gang, they don't want to respect me. The old boys gang, they want to brag about stuff. So let me tell you what they're bragging about now. Okay, pause. My wife. And- yeah, let's oh, hear oh the boy. let's hear the latest means <laughs> through which Ralph was disrespected by this old boys gang. Oh boy, 
that bands together to freeze him out of Pittsburgh media. And if you stay with us on this, you'll see it becomes about another issue entirely to Ralph. And he can probably guess what that issue is, but Chris, don't guess just yet. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, I, and I've been displaced now for the whole season by Pitt. Okay? I applied for media credentials. Okay, pause. Yeah, he wants to get into the Pitt Panthers games. The University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, as a, uh, as, as a member of the media. Yeah, that, that sounds like something you would want to do. Right. I get it. Reasonable. Let's hear some more. I applied way in advance, too. I put in the, the word. They emailed me. Been accepted. Great. I get this email. They can't give me anything. So I said, okay, fine. I'll take tickets in the stands. So they gave me tickets. I'm grateful. Seats are nice. Nice place to sit. But that's not what I want the media passes for. I want to network myself. I want people to say... <laughs> I'm here just like you. Boss. Okay. Yeah, so his idea of networking is being a spiteful jerk. Yeah, I don't I don't even understand what he's saying there. He wanted to say that to them? He wants the other people who have snubbed him in the Pittsburgh media, who by the way have no idea who he is. Right. He wants them to see that he's there as an equal to them. So he wants to be able to say na 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 na? Yeah, yeah. And they don't care if he's there or not. No, why would they? Nobody's keeping him out of this. They don't know he exists. Exactly. Only the people he asked for the credentials know that he exists. The other people who have them take no mind of him. Right. 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 Now, um, yeah. All right. Get ready. Let's hear some more. Okay. Okay. All the ones out there who don't return my emails, don't return my phone calls, don't want to be on my show, don't want me to interview them, yeah. They sit in the press box and eat for free. Oh, there it is, boss. Yeah, there you go. The fact that he would even bring that up. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That should be the furthest thing from your mind. (laughs) If you're there to legitimately cover it as a member of the media. (laughs) Let me tell you, Steve, I I have had thoughts of turning, or hopefully at some point, turning this show into me getting media credentials for something I love, which is the sport of auto racing, whether it be the Indy 500 that I attend every year or, or something similar. Never once has the thought of catering crossed my mind. <laughs> you will have that, and you should apply this year. You should definitely apply this year. Yeah, but um, you will have that <laughs> before before Ralph. Ralph Williams gets anything he wants. Well, yeah, because now at this point, why would you let him anywhere near a place <laughs> where there's a buffet of free food? We've already established. Have you, Anytime he shows up at a buffet, <laughs> he is somehow stymied. <laughs> <coughs> All right, let's Although, get... Steve, in fairness, I might have uh, similar difficulty if there's an open bar. <laughs> so, <coughs> Steve's, Steve's having a little bit of a coughing. I, oh, sir. I, I put these Hall's cough drops here for you, man. They, they really work. I'm enjoying myself way too much. See, um, let's uh, let's continue because these complaints get even worse, Chris. Oh, if you can no. imagine, war? Yes. <laughs> so I get these tickets, and that's fine. I don't, that I didn't pay for them. But the Rhode Island Pit game at Aquashore Stadium 
I paid $75 for food and drink for my wife and I. <laughs> $75. Pause. Dude, eat before you leave. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he can sit for three hours and not eat. By the way, the cost of a hot dog at Aquashore Stadium, I looked this up. $6.09. That's an odd price for a hot dog, but yeah. that is the price of a hot dog. And what do he say? He spent $75? $75 for him and his wife. Fair let's, enough. Let's do some quick math. That's a yeah, dozen it, hot dogs. It, it, yeah. <laughs> let's say they got a drink. Ten hot dogs. Five each. Yeah. <laughs> no one told him to spend that kind of money. All right, let's, uh, let's hear some more. All right. Now, if I would have had to pay for tickets and parking, Which you you're looking at a nut of about two or $300 or more. But I live on a T-line, so I rode the T. Then okay. I don't pay for trip. parking. Yeah. Didn't have to pay for the tea, really. Okay. Got the tickets for free. Thank you, Pitt. Okay. But I did for you, Pitt, but you couldn't do for me. For one game, you couldn't do for me. Then the one game that you did want to do for me, I had other obligations. Thanks. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So they offered him press passes. On a week when he had something else planned. Maybe it was the graduation party <coughs> that was ruined because the woman came up to him and said, you want something to drink? <laughs> yeah, someone else who was trying to accommodate him <laughs> yes. and be a good host, much like Pitt did when they offered you media credentials, which is the same thing that you're complaining about. How can he... This is ludicrous. How can he complain about not getting media credentials when they offered them to him? <laughs> But it was the wrong day. He had plans. Yeah, I know. I got something else. Well, you know what? If it's not your job, then you don't get media credentials. Maybe it was the day of progy fest, as he calls it, (laughs) when he was disrespected and treated like a piece of garbage by security when they said, we open at 4.30. I mean, if you say you have something more important to do, they're going to assume you're an amateur. So why would they give you media credentials? Oh, he'll reveal his amateurishness. Uh, in just a moment, Chris. Well, yeah. Right, yeah. There, there's, there's even more evidence <laughs> that he does not deserve these press credentials. I'm figuring Syracuse, they already had the homecoming. Senior day's coming up against Duke. Now, Syracuse, yeah. Maybe this time I'll get, to, I'll get my passes for the media. Oh, we don't have no room for you. You should have told us five days in advance. Well, wait a minute. I had already put my passes in for the season. Every week you've been emailing me asking me if I wanted seats. I told you the last the one, the Virginia Tech game, I couldn't be there. Okay. All right, can we pause it? Maybe I, maybe I flew off the handle a little bit there, Steve. Maybe I had the wrong impression. They had his schedule in advance, so... They knew the one day he, he couldn't accept the, the media <laughs> credentials, and that's the one day they offered him. So that, that, that makes a whole lot more sense. <coughs> but either way, they're still giving him free tickets every week. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you think he'd be appreciative. Oh, of course not. I couldn't be there, and I couldn't be at the Georgia Tech game either. Two games I couldn't be at because I had other obligations, okay? DJ Fun. 
But the Rhode Island game, I'm on my way out of Hackershire Stadium, and this is an old story, but I'm telling you this because this is why I'm the forgotten son. And I want to remind everybody this, okay? Oh, it's, it's not all the and next time. Yeah. You it's know not what? all the lack of professionalism. Yeah, earlier he 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 quoted you know quoted someone who was talking to him. Yeah, yeah. And he used a double negative. Or yeah, they don't, as they though don't that's got, what no. they said. Yeah, that's not how they said it. <laughs> no, of course yeah, not. They're they're in public relations. <laughs> that's not how they talk. <laughs> All right, let's continue. I'm you go. I love Larry Richard. I love Bill Hillgrove. I love Dorn Dickerson, and I love Pat Bostick. Okay. Here's the announcers for the pit. Let me tell you what they did. Okay. In case you're not aware, and I know you know Bill Hillgrove from the Steeler broadcasts on DV Radio. I'm not going to go no further than that. Not going to go no. But he also works for Pitt, has worked for Pitt since they won the national championship and even before that. He's done Pitt football games and basketball games forever. He's a fossil. He's a legend. I had respect for him until the Rhode Island game. I actually saw him walking into the press area. In the press door, and I was waiting to get my passes to Pause. go into the media because no, I was were. not told to harass everybody who was going through that door <laughs> to try to get some sort of recognition. No, he's waiting. Hey, uh, on your way out, yeah, maybe grab a couple hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save me twelve dollars and eighteen cents. <laughs> <laughs> my $75 concession tab. <sighs> All right, let's go. That I had to sit in the stands again for another game. Now, I gave them West Virginia and I gave them Tennessee, which I understood because they were big games. But Rhode Island. It's like playing Rhode Island State Prison. And they gave me tickets yet again. And I saw Bill Hillgrove, and I said, Bill, how you doing, Ralph Williams? Remember? Yeah, how you doing, Ralph? Everything's, you know, yeah. Until the end of the get toward the end of the game. We leave in the fourth quarter because I don't want to get stuck on a T car with 8,000 people smashing into me because nobody cares. Pause. Okay. Yeah, like a true dedicated journalist. Right. And by the way, you're in a scooter. He, you're taking up almost an entire train car by yourself. <laughs> it's no wonder people are smashing into you. I don't, I, you know, I'm coming off as very uh, anti-people who use those things. I'm sure people have legitimate medical reasons. No, and for, we say this yeah. every time we talk about this guy. It's not about the scooter. It's not about the obesity. These are things that are not problems uh, as far as most people yeah. in that situation are concerned. The problem is his arrogance his stupidity, and his, uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, I called him an ignoramus yes. last time, and yes. I stick by that description of him. A complete unwillingness to understand how anything actually works, and insisting on things. Yeah, and a, just a real sense of entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there more, please? Oh, oh there's more. <laughs> okay, not paying attention, listening to what the operator has to say. Don't uh, drunk as can be causing problems. I don't have time for that, so I leave early. Leave Proud early. of it too. Okay, I can always watch the highlights on YouTube. So, Pitt, or the the broadcasters, Larry Richards on the field, Doran Dickerson's on the field, Pat Bostick's in the broadcast booth with Bill Hillgrove. They all get on the air and go, ah, ha, 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 
<laughs> they all get on there and they start laughing about, oh, we're going to enjoy our free food. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I just paid $75. $75. Maybe that's something you can afford, but it's something I can't afford. Well, now wait a okay. minute. <laughs> Why did he spend it if he couldn't afford it? You don't have food at home? He can't sit for three hours without eating way too much food. I mean... <laughs> my God. And there, there's still more. Uh. <laughs> Not a lot, but uh, about a minute and ten. All right. And I'm sorry that I had to broadcast all this about what the media people get as perks. But I don't work for none, okay, for none of these people. I work. Now, in his telling, this was broadcast. They said it during the telecast that uh, we, uh, we, we get all this free food or whatever he tries to say they said. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Keep going. Work for myself. And there's a reason for that because of them. I work for myself. I do this here myself. All right. So they start bragging and laughing and giggling about how they get free food. So next time, <laughs> I love Larry Richard. <laughs> and you hear, and you hear Larry Richard every time. Nobody's ever laughed about getting free food. <laughs> right. It's either part of your job or it's not. Yeah. You're not getting away with anything. <clears throat> and now you can hear, you can see what really got Ralph fired up. Okay. He doesn't want media passes for the benefit of his cable access sports show. Yeah. If he really considers, if he considers himself essential to the game's reportage, he wouldn't have left during the fourth quarter. Oh, Jesus. He would have stayed for the duration. No. He wants in on that sweet, sweet media buffet. That's all this is. Yeah. Now, his stated goal of being able to attend games on a press pass is being met. As far as Pitt is concerned, they are accommodating him. Even if he doesn't sit in the press box, he is getting comped on the tickets to see the game. Yeah. And he can report on them any way he chooses. So, yeah. once again, Ralph just comes off as an ungrateful weasel. He comes off as super ungrateful. Yeah. They have no reason that they need to give him free tickets let alone media credentials. No reason to. He's not a member of a media outlet. Unless PCTV is considered that. I don't, I don't know. Let's see a little more. We have seconds left of this. You turn around and you laugh and giggle and you think it's funny about Larry Richard. Wait, what's, what's, what just happened? There's Larry oh, Richard. He hit, a, he, hit a sound, he hit a sound effect. A guy everybody respects, including myself, until now. Laughing, laughing and giggling because he's getting free food. <laughs> when the, the average tat or the average gay pair, including myself, had to pay seventy-five dollars for food. You didn't pay to get in. You're not an average gay pair, right? You paid nothing. The only thing you you could have gone there and seen the whole game for zero dollars spent, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, I wouldn't even know how to track down this audio or video or whatever these announcers actually said that led to this rant. My guess is the game was a blowout, and maybe one of them said, at least we have some good food here to enjoy. Right. And it was a boring game to them. But to Ralph, that's another slap in his extremely slappable face. I see this all the time watching the Phillies games 
you know, there's a lot of downtime in baseball, you know. And, and they'll often talk about the food that's brought up to the broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. It, they're, not, they're not flaunting it. <laughs> they're letting you know you can buy this food if you come to the ballpark. We're just like you. We're eating the same food. No one's flaunting any, anything. <laughs> okay, now Ralph didn't let this YouTube rant be the end of it. He took to Twitter, Chris. By the way, the idea that people are laughing at him is, seems to be present in every video of his that we look at. <laughs> yes. He's always being laughed at and mocked. And as we said before, do you, do you think maybe there's a reason for it? There's no self-awareness to this cat at all. If everywhere you're going, you're being laughed at, maybe you start to think, man, what's going on yeah. with me? Am I, I just always being slighted? <laughs> like, I've got an update. Am I the unluckiest person in the world? Jim has an update? Uh, yeah, well, let's hear about the update. The, uh, the Rhode Island game, Pitt yeah. won 45 to 24. So it was a blowout. All right. Well, that lends credence to my theory. Yeah. That uh, the announcers were just bored. And they probably just said, hey, look, we have this spread. Let's enjoy this because the game isn't worth enjoying. Yeah. I mean, it's a pit game? Is that even televised? I don't know much about that school and their sports. <laughs> yeah, I think they are televised because okay. they have a sideline reporter. And I know this because uh, Ralph didn't let the YouTube rant be the end of it. Oh, boy. What we just saw. He took to Twitter to post a three-part tweet that undoubtedly confused the at recipient. That person would be pit sideline reporter Doran Dickerson. Let's see uh, the first one here. Chris, you want to read that? Doran talked to Adam Crawley about me. Well, my God. Is, yeah, this all, is, all caps run on sentence. All caps and no punctuation. So I'm sorry if I'm butchering this for our audience, but <laughs> it's because Ralph Williams can't type. So you, you may even have to help me with this. Okay, I think I'm not I sure can. I know this what is, he's talking about. This is to uh, <clears throat> Doran Dickerson. Doran, talk to Adam Crowley about me. Well, you and Bill Hargrove, Larry Richard, and Pat Bostek during the Rhode Island game deciding to brag and laugh about how you all get free food. Let's see the next one, Jim. Wait. Well, Doran, I'm part of the media as well, and I had to sit in the stands for every pit game because of no room in the press box for me, which might be true, Chris. Right. (laughs) Right. So so says Pitt. (laughs) And I had to pay for my food, and I paid $75 at the Rhode Island game for food <laughs> for me and my wife. $75. Yeah. Yeah. He'd <laughs> and about the same for every other game, because I, unlike you and your buddies, get free food. Oh, so he does get free food. That's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. So what's he complaining about? Well, so next time you want to brag about getting free food, I will blast you and your buddies on my shows. Ask Adam Crawley. Be safe. Who the hell is Adam Crawley? I think he's one of the people uh, he uh, blasted before on Twitter. It's all about free food, man. That's all it is, man. It, he does not want press con- credentials for uh, reporting purposes. Right. I mean, yeah. This is this week. All the stuff we watched last <laughs> week. <laughs> this is brand new. He just never fails. Well, thank you for... To churn out this kind of content. It's incredible. Thank you for suffering through his program <sighs> in order to bring us this. Well, I mean, you're doing you're doing great work here, Steve. Well, I hope the folks enjoy it. 
And I hope no one uh, gives him any trouble because we don't want this guy being uh, harassed in any way. What we do want is for people to understand that this is not the kind of behavior you should engage in. But I think most of our viewers would understand that. I think what you're saying is uh, you don't want the viewers harassing him because that might prevent us from harassing him. No, we're not harassing <laughs> anybody. Uh, <clears throat> He's putting himself out there. We're simply uh, commenting on his content. We're reacting to his... I mean, we're pointing out the fallacy of what he's saying. <laughs> There's so much of it. It's incredible. Yeah. He's, uh, I honestly, I didn't realize it would be this ridiculous. <laughs> really? You didn't? You thought this would be sane? I'm still. <laughs> measured? We're three shows in. I'm still surprised by what an asshole this guy is. <laughs> he just doesn't <laughs> stop. He can't stop being a jerk. Anything we didn't talk about, you might want to talk about, Chris. Um, I don't. What did we have anything else for the show? I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I think we're good. All right. Well, in that case, Chris, I think we did it. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, for Jim Corhan and Chris Morgani, I'm Steve Reese. Ask you, Ask you, Tigers. Eat them raw. We did it. Uh, yeah. Good luck on the Grey Cup. Yeah, they're, they're out of it. They're oh. out of it. <laughs>